Blah, blah, blah. That was my test. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. Little mermaid. No, it won't help you. Weed oh, will not help you. No. Weed doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. Weed will not help you. Weed is not your friend. No. I heard my friend. Uh, my friend Blake went to. Uh, he went. His family and him went skiing over spring break Woo. instead of staying here for South by. And on the second day, he uh, fell hard on the mountain and his ski didn't pop off like it's supposed to oh and it like his twisted ankle? his fucking ankle around <sighs> it's not broken hmm. but it is severely sprained and really disgusting looking but he was like i guess it was cool that i was in colorado because i could just get yeah. a bunch Hi. of like topicals also with like yeah. cbd oil in it and stuff so he said it actually worked really well i bet it's a painkiller um, you know yeah but his leg is gross looking. I used to be terrified of skiing because of the drunks on the mountain. And now I'm like, oh, that problem just doubled. Like, Oh, because now there's pe- a bunch of people that are high. Getting high there. in skiing. It's like, you guys, you want to be aware of when a tree is that. real in, in front of you. Stereotyping. Sorry. Do people still snowboard? Sorry. Yeah, right? People they do? snowboard. Oh, I thought that went like rollerblading. I thought it was gone. No, I think no, it. I think it's when still you only there. have two options, and well, the... it's still an Olympic sport. Yeah, so there's beast. still a winter X Games. Really? I thought the X Games were dead. And Did they just leave dead. Austin? Yeah, yeah, they were like, we're tired of this. We're so tired of this. Yeah, they abandoned us to the oil sheiks uh, for Formula One. That's mm. what we get now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, still there. I like Formula One. You do? Yeah, it's kind of fun. I've never been. I've never been. Ah, now I can hear you. Fresh. Fresh voiced. Fresh voiced? Mm-hmm. Fresh voiced and moist. Lisa. Oh. Oh. God. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the name of this episode yep, for sure. Fuck yeah. No, fresh voiced and moist. Yes. Oh. Like, I like my women on my podcast. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's how I like the ladies on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, what? Nothing. Moist? Yeah. You're that moist. word doesn't bother me. Like, what it's about not the like word. A... It's the concept of, like, a moist woman. Are you a... <laughs> well, yeah. Are you a pussy or a cunt person? Mm. Cunt. Good question. Like, I don't you like, like saying... You mean, like... You don't like pussy. Yeah, I don't what, like it. Like, giving or receiving the terminology here like like which one grosses you out least oh just in general as yeah. like a general and neither term is an answer as well because mine's neither neither of them gross me out i prefer no cut, i'm not but really bothered but gash always gets me Ugh. yeah yeah i, I don't, don't like, like that yeah hatchet wound <laughs> yeah I, that's a that's a thing um well if you're still listening i'm lisa Friedrich. i'm karina Vagyar. i'm whitney lamond and this is Weird Brunch. Mm-hmm. You can follow us all over the place at Weird Brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen to us. to say that at yeah. the end, so I'm just going to say it now. Yeah. I mean, you should know what you're getting into. Yeah. Go How'd you pause find us? this, follow yeah. our Twitter. Yeah. yeah. 
get an idea of what we're like. You know what? Follow us on Facebook because I've been having a lot of fun there. Yeah. You have. And it's just me liking it. It's just the two of you liking it every now and then. And it's very fun. (laughs) I'd like more people to like what I'm posting. Join our group chat on Facebook. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, why not? It just tells you what time we're going to be somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) And who's bringing the claw. Cool. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah. (sighs) (sighs) Well. Well. Since everyone seems so down, let me lift your spirit. I'm so frightened. With uh, oh no, I know a you're story. to talk about too. <laughs> yeah, it's, so that was I'm going to talk punny. about balloons, <sighs> not hot air balloons, God damn it. and not blimps like Karina's oh. such a fan of. Yes, please bring more blimp stories in. Well, I was. This is why I did this one because I was like, oh, it's kind of like a yeah. Karina likes know, things that float. Yeah. And stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be talking about. Balloon Fest 86. Woohoo! What's up? It's in Cleveland. It's 1986. Your life is going exactly where you want it to go. And you live in Cleveland. (laughs) There's the Terminal Tower, the one noticeable landmark of Cleveland. (laughs) So, come on. There's a stadium they tore down. There is. We're talking about Cleveland, Ohio, here in the United States, everybody. Mm -hmm. Cleveland, a town, a town, a city, which was definitely on its way up in the 1950s and then decided to take a wild turn and (laughs) no one wanted to be there anymore. So in 1950, there were almost one million people living in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. That's 914,000. It was a top 10 city. Yep. In 1980... Which is very close to 1986, the year that we're about to be in. Cleveland's population had dropped to 573,000. Jesus. Um, As of 2011, it's estimated that around 390,000 people live in Cleveland. Yeah, it kind of did a reverse Austin. Yeah, shit went down. People who want Austin to go back to the 90s should move to Cleveland. See what that looks like. Sing with Drew Carey. Cleveland rock. Cleveland rock. All right, I'm going to back my my family's from Cleveland and I am going to say Cleveland's not as bad as people think it is, which is the most praise I can heap on it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Something nice to say. Sure. I've never been to Cleveland, but I would go and I fucking care. Let's do it. Uh so Cleveland the United Way in Cleveland has this wonderful idea to raise money and Cleveland's like cool we're all about it and who do they find but the Gilbert God biggest close biggest balloon art person in America wow was he just walking down the street yes Hmm. his name is Treb T-R-E-B no Treb Heining no no (laughs) Uh, he founded the LA-based company Balloon Art by Treb. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he's wheeling and dealing. He, Let me guess, he's a failed magician. He was, I don't, he started oh. working as like a balloon vendor in Disneyland when he was 15 and was like, I'm all about balloons. <laughs> Steve Martin did the same. 
So, I not mean, but it... Bending, though. He was balloon... Oh, not... No, not specifically. He was, like, he busking. Was like, a fish... Yeah, he was a magician. He worked in like, a magician shop. One of those official buskers uh, at Disneyland. We're not fucking talking about him. I'm sorry. You mentioned Disney. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. You did it so, to yourself. he... For real, though, like, he was this balloon artist innovator. Like, if you've ever seen a balloon arch across uh, anywhere, that was Treb. The little spiral things you got going on, like gathered balloons and spirals, that was Treb. When you go into... So the idea of tying lots of balloons to a steel framework. Yes. That no was one our else boy had Treb. fucking done it. Okay. Uh, he did that the when you go to... He does all of Disney's balloons now, present day. Hot. Yeah. So now Lisa's <laughs> fucking in to I'm leaning him. in. Let's go. The like Mickey Mouse balloon inside the clear balloon. Yeah, those are that was all him. Stop. I know. I know. He's a man after. He makes you a voice with the moist. Yeah, we're all moist now. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I almost spit out precious cloth. (laughs) You'd lick it off the table. I would have. Okay. So his so much liquid. He their United idea. The United Way's idea is that they want to do a giant balloon release. And when Disneyland turned 30 a few years earlier, Walt was like, we're going to release a million goddamn balloons into the sky on our 30th anniversary. They were like, tight. Treb was there. He's like, I'm your guy. Uh, It happened easy it set the world record for the biggest simultaneous balloon release or something like that sure um so treb's like i i got you like y'all want to release a bunch of y'all want to release a bunch of balloons i'm your man so they build this net that's the entire size of a city block so that's 250 feet by 150 feet and the net is capable of rising up three stories when filled with a bunch of fucking helium balloons. So, you know, helium is a finite resource. I didn't know that. Yeah. We can't make it. We're running out. Well, that's sad. Yeah. Shit. Uh, Just wanted to make sure there was a downer. I mean, is there, what else do you use helium for other than inflating balloons? There's some like, you know, chemical shit that people use Making your voice sound stupid. Yep. So they have the net and they have 2,500 volunteers and they're down there. They're under the net. It's cool to watch a video because they like fill up the balloons and they're just all, they just let them go because they're gathering in this net. So the launch day is September 20, Saturday, September 27, 1986. And they're supposed to do the release later in the day. But turns out there's like this storm front approaching and they're like, fuck, well, we got to do this. So I looked at the average lifespan of a helium latex balloon and it's between like 12 to 20 hours before they like do the sad the shrink yeah <laughs> yeah so they had to do it that day otherwise <laughs> that would be fucking funny to look at that also. would be so, so sad like it would be sad, the saddest deflated that's how my body feels right now <laughs> yeah so <laughs> cleveland public square it's right by the terminal tower that one fucking tower <laughs> and uh the public square 
everybody is there. It is the biggest deal in the world. Of Cleveland. Of Cleveland. And uh, they're like, okay, well, this fucking storm front is coming in. Let's just go ahead and release these balloons. And everyone's like, fuck yeah. So the balloons, they take off the net somehow. I guess it was probably like a cord or something. And these balloons go into the sky and it looks like a big cloud. Like if you've ever seen one of those huge, huge clouds of like birds and they all kind of move together. But it's like it looks like a cloud because there's so many of them. It's like blacked out. And that's what it looks like. And there's this kind of shadow and the balloons are slowly going up and then the winds are coming in fast for this storm. And so they're starting to push all of the balloons down because it it's not working. And so Cleveland is right on the edge of Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. Uh, half the other side of the lake is Canada. So Toronto basically. Yeah. yeah. Are getting pushed back into where they're not supposed to be like nothing really floats all the way away. So um, the storm rolls in and it fucks everything up royally. So the night before September 25th. um, Oh, wait, no, September 26th. Sorry. This happened on the 27th. So these two guys have gone out fishing. They never came back. On Lake Erie. Jesus and Christ. the wives are like, you know, they wait a day. They're like, shit, well, Bob didn't come back. Yeah. I guess something might have happened. So the day of the balloon thing is when they notify the cops. They're like, hey, blah, blah, blah is missing. They were last. They just told us they were going fishing. And so the Coast Guard is like, all right, we're on it. They fly a helicopter out there and they're like, we can't fucking see anything. There's so 60% of the balloons that were supposed to rise up yep. fell <laughs> and Just- were pushed into Lake Erie. So there's like <laughs> millions of balloons in the lake. And the Coast Guard, the the helicopter guys are like, we can't like there's no it's it all looks like humans floating around like a head. Like it's just a bunch. We can't do this. And so they send out their their boat Coast Guard and they're like, this is impossible. Like half of the balloons are orange and the life vest would be orange. Like we're never going to find these guys. And they uh they finally look for the balloons that were making noise yeah i mean well it was the next day Trev's so he's got blood on his hands yeah so they finally give up and a couple days later the two fishermen's bodies washed up on shore they had drowned um and the wives of the fishermen sued united way of cleveland because they're like this is your fault and they settled Undisclosed terms. Hmm. So wait, two fishermen went out in a boat in like the most famously shallow lake in the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. They were making They're fishermen out. for a living. No, they yep. were just making out. And they drowned? Yes. I think that's on them. I don't know, man. I mean, hold on to the boat. Was it like a Titanic situation? Maybe it was like a packed suicide thing. Yeah. And it, they were like, no one will be able to find our it bodies. Was like a, it was a broke back lake. Even in the stormiest storm, like Erie just goes, Meh. 
It doesn't like cause giant perfect storm waves or not anything. like Lake Michigan. Right. I threw up into that lake. Good for you. No, um, no. Everybody's I done that on St. Patrick's in that Day. Lake. Come on. It's pretty big. Which one? Lake Michigan. Okay. Don't throw up in my lake. <laughs> it's a big lake. There's a room for everybody's so, fluids. Other things that happened while the wall of clouds was rained down on the city of Cleveland. Um, some balloons did float out enough. So there was this woman who had a bunch of Arabian horses on a horse ranch. And Arabian ones are like the fancy racing kind that are super expensive. And she said that the balloons floated into her field and spooked her horses and that some of them suffered permanent injuries because of their fear of balloons. And uh, she sued the United Way and also settled for undisclosed terms. So she got a little money too for her Arabian horses. Um, Burke Lakefront Airport, which is less than a mile away from the park that it happened in and it's right, it's lakefront, uh, was forced to shut down for a few hours because there were just balloons everywhere and nobody could fly. Uh, there were also a bunch of collision reported or collisions reported between cars because there were just random clouds, small clouds of balloons flowing through traffic and people, yeah, blizzards of multicolored orbs. Um, in 1988, the Guinness Book of World Records did end up recognizing it as the largest ever mass balloon release with 1,429,643 balloons launched. Yeah, so. it's not the world's largest successful balloon launch. It's not. But yeah. in, in the, there's a little like seven minute long documentary about Balloon Fest that this guy made with like clips from news outlets and stuff. And um, it's fucking funny. But in it, he says the Guinness Book of World Records didn't recognize it. And so I guess it took him a couple years to convince him like, please, please don't make this uh, just all about. Well, the, the, I, so I remember I, I was there for Christmas that year because my grandparents lived there. Right. And it was still the fucking talk of the town. Like everybody's so like, cool. my cousins were like, you should have been here this summer. Like we, we let loose a b- bunch of balloons and it fucked everything up. Yeah. I didn't say it that way because we were eight, but. Well, after in one of the news clips on this thing, she's like, the woman's like, two days ago, we were standing in front of this lake with all these balloons in it. And luckily, all of them have disappeared. We don't know where to, but it's much safer for everyone else. <laughs> and I was like, bitch, all those millions of balloons just sunk into the fucking water. Well, Killing fish. Right? So Environmentalism fish. had just been invented, to be fair. But yeah. you gotta like, the, the funniest part of the story to me is like, if you, Cleveland, <sighs> Cleveland was really having a hard time right then. I mean, like mm-hmm. it just came off a decade where its river kept catching on fire. And like, like everybody was late, like everybody was leaving. Their football team kept almost winning and then losing in the worst possible way. And like it just was like the most depressing thing to be from Cleveland. And they really thought they really thought that this balloon fest was going to turn everything, everything around. around. Like they put everything into it. It's like a Simpsons episode yeah. where they put a whole bunch of budget and time and publicity into it. And the city was like, "This is going to bring business back to Cleveland." Mm. And it just was one more disaster. Ugh. 
And it was like the last thing Cleveland tried to do until the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In the in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was already in there. Yeah. Because yeah, in one they had of the built news it, clips, but it like hadn't. They it hadn't, wasn't. What they it weren't is. trying until the nineties. Right. Yeah. Um. They weren't like yeah. inviting the Rolling Stones and stuff. I just love that their river used to catch on fire. So often they had a special fire brigade to put it out. That's so great. Yeah. Oh man, Cleveland rocks. <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Uh. Just a little update, though. Treb, yeah. if you go and look at his accomplishments on some site I found that was like balloon artists of, of the world. And so there's oh all my. these people listed who are who have made leaps and bounds in balloon artistry. Wow. Um, but his entry mentions nothing about the fucking Cleveland shit. <laughs> like there's not a single word about it. He's never been to Cleveland. He doesn't know not anymore. He doesn't know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure they have him on film in that part or in part yeah. of that documentary. And he's like, my wife and I would totally move here from LA. We just love the city so much. <laughs> and it's like, Treb, we know you're a bougie balloonist. <laughs> From LA, a lot of balloon work with in your Cleveland. snobby. I mean, like, there's so. I mean, so many birthdays. So many. Just so many birthdays. LA people will just move to goddamn anywhere, mm. um, right? Quit moving to Austin. Yeah, I just want to buy fine. a house. We should throw a balloon fest and see if it chases everybody out of this town. Okay. Okay. Do it. We're in. You hear that? Whoever the mayor is right now, Adler, Steve. I like him. I do too. Maybe he'll throw us a balloon fest. I'm sure he listens. You're saying it so angrily. I do too. Steve, I'm angry at you. Yeah, I like him. He's Throw a goddamn balloon fest. Throw a balloon fest. (laughs) Fucking pussy. I love you. You want my vote though? Balloon fest, fucker. Ugh. Mm. Balloon fest, fucker. Well, speaking of royal fuck ups. Hey! (laughs) I'd like to talk about Tatiana Romanov. Tatiana. Not... Anastasia, but Tatiana. Uh, this was Anastasia's older sister. Uh, she was recognized as the most regal of Tsar Nicholas II's daughters. She was born on June 10th, 1897. At the time, Russia was torn between pride of tradi- traditions and being left behind by Western Europe. Mm. Modern- well, they got left behind, I would say. Yeah. I think it was column A, column B here. Uh, monarchies were for show in Western Europe, but Russia, the Romanovs, maintain absolute power. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Tatiana had four siblings, Olga, Maria, Anastasia, and Alexei. Keep it going till you get that boy, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, although she was not the oldest, she was the most organized and self-assured of the Romanov children, so they called her the governess. Uh, she was extremely close to her older, much shyer sister, Olga. That's hard to say. How many do they have? Wait, what are the names of all the kids? Um, I mean, you don't have to pull it right no, up. No, it's but... fine. It's Olga, Maria, Anastasia, and uh, Alexei. Alexei. Okay. So Olga and Tatiana are big buds. They are dubbed, they call themselves the big pair. Ooh. And Maria and Anastasia are the little pair. Oh, how cute. It's really cute. 
Um, despite their grand titles, Tatiana Romanoff and her siblings were raised in a relatively Spartan manner. The sisters all took cold baths each morning and slept on plain cot beds, which they made themselves. Dang. Very. That's, um, that's like awesome. Yeah. I think I'm that's very them. cool. Yeah. This whole, like this whole story just bums me out tenfold on like how this all plays out. Um, you weren't a Russian peasant back then, but I understand. I wasn't, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I feel like it was way, way worse for them. It really sucked to be a Russian for under sure. their rule. For sure, but, but it also sounds like it kind of sucked to be a kid under their rule. It kind of sucked to be a Russian. It kind of sucks to be a Russian at any point. Sure. Hard life, man. Mm. Um, let's see. Other members of the court recalled their remarkably gener- remarkable generosity and respect towards everyone regardless of rank. Uh, a lady in waiting to Serena the mother um she recalled how on one occasion after the jewels she had selected for that evening were deemed inappropriate tatiana tried to lend the baroness some of her own brooches and was surprised when she refused so i didn't want to i'd be like you're gonna kill me i guess right i don't know i think if it was tatiana i'd be like oh man you're so fucking nice also, where are you going? Well, I guess it was obviously very different back then, but I'm the next time I go somewhere with you, I want you to be like, your jewelry is inappropriate. I'll let you know. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be right now. Uh, Whitney, we're in your home and your jewelry is <clears throat> disgusting. Um, Let's see. Alexi was afflicted by the de- dreaded, quote, royal disease. A.K.A. incest babies. It was just inherited hemophilia. So, yes. Yeah. Um, so the slightest bruise could send him into hemorrhages that lasted for days. This caused his mother to go nuts and she would have panic attacks, but they didn't know what the fuck panic attacks were back then. So they just thought she was in hysteria. I was going to say she's hysterical. They knew what it was. It was a woman problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure was. Mm-hmm. Men just got loud. Women got nuts. I wonder why only the women were panicking in that world. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Tatiana was actually in charge of calming her mother down when she had these panic attacks. Like Tatiana mm-hmm. was basically the cornerstone of this family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inter Rasputin, Ugh, my man, that guy, my fucking With man, his big dick. So he shows up in 1905. Uh, the quote mad monk made himself indispensable to the imperial family through his mysterious ability to stop Alexi's bleeding by praying over the boy which is still witchcraft to me he was just going (laughs) and blowing on it a little bit well they say it could have just been him calming down right so his blood isn't flowing as quickly because his right heart just like calming him down yeah and because his mother would just panic over him so that would put him into more of a panic but his ability to calm them down right potentially stop the bleeding but also maybe witchcraft could be uh tatiana and her sisters referred to their to the siberian peasant as our friend and appeared to adore him as much as their mother who brought in rasputin do we know the empress okay she so it was, was like the mom. Besod- yeah the mom was besodden by his fortune telling essentially okay yeah. this huge dick. it's kind of like yeah. nancy reagan 
didn't she have like a Miss Cleo type relationship with some Did she? psychic? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh, that's Nance, great. Nance, that seems against Christian values. I love it. But Bring those right. witches in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, totally. Joan Quigley. Quigley her, down under. Uh, that's exactly what I thought immediately. <laughs> You're welcome. That was her Rasputin, but she didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah Nancy Reagan's didn't murder. Well, sorry, I won't give away the end. Um. <laughs> nope, I'm done. Uh <laughs> And the end. Outside the Imperial family, however, Rasputin was viewed as with mistrust. Rumors began circulating that Rasputin had seduced not only the Empress, but her four daughters as well, and he was wielding the true power in the country. Enter War and Revolutions. Who? War and Revolutions. Okay, I thought you said War and Revolutions, and I was <laughs> Warren like... Warren Beatty. Huh? Uh, as the Emperor and Empress became uh, more like into Rasputin... They became more detached from their people and consumed by their own personal problems. Um, during this time, much of the world was headed towards World War One. Hostilities finally erupted in 1914, and on July 20th, a day Tatiana described in her diary as, quote, absolutely wonderful, the emotional Tsar declared war on Germany to a cheering crowd in St. Petersburg. So he's like, Party! okay, I'll step up. Yeah. I'll join this fight. He's trying. Wait, is the dad dead? Not yet. So the the king of or I guess the Tsar. The Tsar of Russia is just like, cool, we're going to let this dude say all this shit? No, he the Tsar is the one that Oh, okay. Rasputin hates him, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um Alexandra, Olga, and Tatiana Romanov threw themselves into the war effort by training the Russian Red Cross as nurses. Uh training with the Russian Red Cross as nurses. Tatiana even set up her own surprisingly successful committee to help refugees manage all of the paperwork and she would handle it herself returning to the hospital uh, from the hospital each day. So she was doing like all of this hard stuff for people Mm -hmm. that didn't know what to do. She's so sweet. She was up late by candlelight with Mm -hmm. like a green visor on doing paperwork. Uh, Colleagues at the hospital recall Tatiana as being a particularly efficient, if somewhat bossy, nurse who was able to deal with the most unpleasant operations without flinching. She even struck up a romance with one of the wounded officers she tended to in the hospital. Mm. That's such a 1940s way to meet someone. She's definitely the most Downton Abbey of... Right? Yeah, she's Mm what's-her-face. I can't remember that girl's name, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Trifecta. I named that. Nicholas. That's is- that's the fifth kid or uh, yeah, yeah, Trifecta. Yeah. Trifecta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense because trifecta, trifecta should Romanoff. probably be the third. Mm. <laughs> trifecta, the sixth child. Well, third son, if you know what I'm saying. Did mm? mm. they kill one of the sons? No, I'm just oh. trying to be funny. Can't you tell? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll add even more silence to that. <laughs> please do. Crickets. Um, sure, sure. Nicholas's grip on power began to weaken as the war continued and casualties mounted without any end in sight. Things further unraveled for the Imperial family with the murder of Rasputin by their own relatives in 1916. Meanwhile, Marx is advocating for the poor and angry at the bourgeoisie 
We're calling for the end of the monarchy. That's our trifecta. One, two, three. The mounting of internal pressures culminated with the Russian Revolution in February of 1917. We all remember it. We were all there. You should have been there the Christmas afterwards. Uh, everybody was still talking about it. Forcing <laughs> Russia and Cleveland have a shit ton in common. They really do. Yeah. Uh, They've got the Kremlin, though. I feel like that's probably a little bit more visually appealing than the one tower. Yeah. I mean, they started out with like 100 million people, mm. killed half of them. Mm-hmm. I would but argue. They still had enough people to build a Kremlin that's afterwards. True. I would argue that Russia has a lot more to look at than yeah. think most Cleveland. of America. Well, I mean, pound for pound, though, there's a lot of nothing to look at in most of Russia, too. That's true. You know? But St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg, they did a, he did a really good job kissing up to the French with that city. Whole other story. Sorry. No. Maybe we'll hear that story yeah, next Yeah, right? Week. It's Probably. not weird. It's just royalty. This isn't weird either. This is just royalty. It gets weird. It's it gets all a little weird. weird. It, it gets a little, a little weird, weird at the end. Um, let's see. The former imperial family was sent to Siberia, the same place the czars had once sent exiled criminals. At first, they were kept in a private house in Tobolsk with some servants and ladies-in-waiting. As civil war continued to rage in Russia, the Bolsheviks had seized power and fear to fear loyalists would attempt to rescue the Romanovs and use them as figureheads in their movement. Uh, in April of 1918, the family was sent to Ekaterinburg. Ekaterinburg, yeah. Ekaterinburg? Yeah. Okay. That's not bad. I did all right. Yeah. Uh, where they could be more closely guarded. The imperial entourage was forbidden from following their family to their new prison. The tutor recalled the last sight of the children at the train station. Tatiana came last, struggling to drag a heavy, broken valise. It was raining, and I saw her feet sink into the mud at every step. So at this point, they're being separated from the people they had with them. The family was imprisoned in the ominously named House of Special Purpose. From which they would never emerge. In the early hours of July 17th, 1918, the Romanovs were summoned to the basement of the building, briefly read a death sentence before the captors opened fired. The job was sloppily done, as most of the guards were drunk, and the Grand Duchess had, unbeknownst to the Bolsheviks, sewn their jewels into their corsets as a precaution, which served as an unexpected armor against the bullets. (laughs) After the first round of firing, only Nicholas and Alexandra were dead. The guards went around the room with pistols and bayonets to finish the job, and the 21-year-old Tatiana Romanov's short life was brought to an end when she was shot in the back of the head, spraying Olga, to whom had she had been clinging, with a, quote, shower of blood and brains. God. Yay. I think I remember, you did Anastasia, or the woman who wanted, who said she was Anastasia, I remember that story a while back and I remember that the jewelry being sewn in. Mm-hmm. That's so weird and cool. I think it's really, yeah. Like, I think that's a really cool move. It ended up fucking them because then they had yeah, to get double killed. Or did they? The bodies of Tatiana Romanov and her family were hastily burned and buried at the secret, uh, of the horrific murder was shrouded by the Iron Curtain for decades. In the years following the revolution, rumors abounded that one of the Romanov daughters had somehow survived the slaughter. 
Various imposters emerged claiming to be the lost grand duchess, duchesses, but they were quickly shown to be frauds by surviving relatives. Then in 1922 in Berlin, a patient at an asylum claimed that the, another inmate was the grand duchess Tatiana. So somebody else was like... An inmate at an asylum? Yeah. And yeah. she was like, this bitch is Tatiana. <laughs> she <laughs> is. She is, I swear. Um, and they're like, you say that every day about a different person. Yeah. Uh, this time, relatives who saw the silent woman could not so easily dismiss her as an imposter. It wasn't until the Baroness um, Buxhoveden came, Perfect. thank you, came to visit and immediately declared too short for Tatiana. And that woman finally replied, I never said I was Tatiana. <laughs> Uh, the woman soon explained that she was instead Anastasia. Yeah. The mysterious woman who all? actually, uh, who was actually named Anna Anderson. And she successfully convinced a number of Romanoff friends to, uh, and relations that she was the grand duchess Anastasia for decades, though she was ultimately determined to be an imposter. Yeah. That was- um, Although this is just putting everything to bed, but although Anderson ensured that Anastasia would become the most famous of the Romanovs after her death, stories of Tatiana's possible survival persisted as well. But in 2008, DNA testing successfully proved that the bodies unearthed in the Siberian woods accounted for the entire imperial family. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. yeah. Even Anastasia. Anastasia and Tatiana had indeed perished. Right. It's kind of like something nobody wants to. Right. Because the other story is a more lot fun. more fun. Yes. Yeah. And that movie's so cute with the little bat. Oh, she has such good hair. She, she has a great hair. hair. I know. I mean, I can't think of a Disney movie with anyone with bad hair. That's not a, not Disney, a Disney movie. movie. Okay. Sorry, bitches. <laughs> Is that a Don Bluth movie, I think? Is it the same know. people who did Fern Gully? Um, the hair's a little similar. I think it's the same people who did All Dogs Go to Heaven, which mm. might be the same mm. people who did Fern Gully. I love All Dogs Go to Heaven. Mm. So good. Anyway, that's Tatiana Romanoff. Tat. <laughs> that's all I got. She's tight. Tat, tat, Tatiana. Tat. Um, <laughs> the Romanovs. The Romanovs are forever intriguing to me. Yeah. Yeah. They're that whole thing. The, that whole period in Russian history is bizarre. Because mm-hmm. like the rest of the world thinks of it as like, all right, turn of the century. Good times. World War One. Mm-hmm. Roaring 20s. Great Depression. World War Two. In Russia, it's like all at the same time. They're like mm-hmm. having a revolution, overthrowing a monarchy, participating in World Wars 1 and 2. The yeah. economy never was good. Like it's all <laughs> at the fucking same time. It was like if our Civil War and World War 2 and happened. American Revolution oh. all happened at the same time. That sounds like a bunch of dead people to me. Well, it, it was. That was the effect. Yeah. Yeah. Russia really shrank hard. You're looking up for Ngali. I love it. I mean, she had great short hair also. Mm. I mean, it was good both ways. 20th Century Fox. Fox, who knew? Well, good for you, Fox. They did Anastasia. Did something right. So it was the same. Yes. No, I'm not not seeing that for Fern Gully, though. Fox, what did Fox do? They did Anastasia. 
Oh, I thought you said they okay. did. Croyer Films did Fern Gully. Oh, that's not even the Bluth thing. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Bluth. Why do I keep saying? Yeah, no, it is. It, that's his name. From Arrested Development? No. That's why I got confused. Am I getting it right? Like, he's the guy who did Secret of Nim and, like, uh, all the good, not Disney yeah, animated movies. Yeah, the ones movies. that are legit yeah. dealing with real world problems. And uh, American Tale and. Fievel. Uh He did Land Before Time. Ugh. Yeah. Sullivan Just Beth Studios me did all, of them. all Dogs Go to Heaven. Okay, wow. People are really. Taking advantage of There's Disney kind of sucking in the 80s. Oh, yeah. wait. This was Don Bluth. There you go. You nailed it. All the that snaps. Was, that was fireworks. So many snaps. Those are all fireworks. Well. I'll use those to like put fireworks on the face. Hell yeah. Of. Do it. Oh, my God. I don't cool. really know how to do any of this stuff. But okay. you can try. But I know how to tell a story. Tell ah, it. There wow. you go. Here he we go. He also did Fern Gully. He did do Fern Gully. Okay, so we did everything except Anastasia. Well, hold on. Mm-hmm. No. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> I started to wrap, wrap it up. Like, wrap it up. God damn it. So we're going to follow the story of a woman named Dagmar Overby. Oh, wow. No. Dagmar. What kind of name is that? Is that biblical? It's Jewish. No. Nope. I mean, I would Both think wrong. that would still be... What is it? It's neither biblical nor Jewish. Okay. It's just German. Okay. okay. German. Ish. Sure. Yeah, Germanic. Broomhilda. Right. So they'll say anything over there. <laughs> won't they? With their weird mouths. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dagmar Overby was a Danish woman. Yeah, there you go. Close she was enough. Born April twenty third, eighteen eighty seven. So we are in like Jack the Ripper era with Yay. her birth. Uh she grew up in rural Denmark and worked as a childcare provider, a wet nurse probably. Uh, And then in 1912, she gave birth to her own child. And in 1915, she moved from this small village called Essendrup to Copenhagen. Once she got to Copenhagen, she started a novel business that Denmark hadn't really considered yet. And that was an adoption agency. Oh, what is this she gonna did to bum me out. Yep. So she uh would meet with mothers of unwanted babies either because the baby happened, you know, technically out of wedlock or prior mm-hmm. to wedlock or just whatever the reason, and she would take them in and then find place them in good homes. And uh, that was her whole business. She got some money from the mothers who were giving up the baby. Mhm. Um so uh that was all going well. Uh, until 1920 when a young mother named Caroline Agassin uh, placed a classified ad in the paper saying she'd just given birth to an illegitimate daughter and was looking for a family to adopt the child. Wow. So in comes Dagmar and she's like, hey, this is what I do. This is all I do. I'm the best. Mm-hmm. I'll take your baby. And so she takes the money, takes the baby. Following day, Caroline regrets her decision. She's like, you know what? Of course she does. I can does. make this work. I'm going to ask for the ba- baby back. So the very next day, she, she goes to Dagmar's house <laughs> and sings the Chili's theme song. Yes. Uh, and says like, uh, where's my baby? And she's like, I already adopted her out. And she goes, really? Who too? I'll go beg for my child back from that family. <gasps> and Dagmar's like, I don't remember the address. <laughs> It just slipped my mind. And Caroline's like, what? 
Mm-hmm. So she kind of like feels suspicious. And like also Dagmar is acting a little weird because I guess parents don't show up afterwards. They're mm-hmm. usually just relieved to be done with the baby. So Caroline's like, I'm going to go to the cops. And so she goes to the cops and explains like, I gave my baby up for She's adoption. She's like, here's the ad I put yesterday, in the newspaper. And yeah. today the baby's already placed and she's forgotten. Yeah. Where? And so the cops are like, okay, we'll go look. Cue the cute Chewy's music again. So they go, yeah, they go to the Chili's. Uh, No, they go to Dagmar's apartment. And they're like, "Uh, we need to search your house for this baby because we have pretty good reason to believe the baby's still here and you're just not giving it up. Mm -hmm. Um, So they found the baby's clothes. Uh, and then they open the stove where they found the baby's bones no. and skull. <gasps> and oh, no. they were like, well, let's keep searching. Because uh, uh, something fishy's going on here. And then they opened some cupboards where they found finger bones and other little bone fragments bones. around the house. And they were like, okay, Dagmar, holy shit. What's your you deal? You murdered babies, right? Like, did you just murder this baby? And she was like, yeah, I, I murdered the baby. And like, they sit her down and they like, okay, well, we've found all this evidence in your house. You've been doing uh-huh. this for a long time. Uh, how many of these kids were you killing? Yeah. And she's like, I, I murdered 16 16 okay. babies, 16 children. I feel like that's an undershoot. I know. I was going to say that. And they were like, we only have evidence for nine. Uh, so then they start looking through the records. Market, babies. Uh, they start looking through her records and find out that she had, since she started, taken in 200 children. No. And the whereabouts of those 200 children are unknown. Lost and gone forever. Unknown. Completely. And there's no record of anybody adopting a baby from her. Also... Hey, Dagmar, where's your kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I murdered her, too. Wow. Yeah. Does it... So they get a confession from her, and apparently the way she was doing this... That's what I was going to say. How... God, I hope she wasn't cooking him alive. No. She would strangle them or drown them, or she would tie them to her old-fashioned coil heater. <gasps> until they burned to death and uh, then she would cremate them in her oven and then just kind of hide the ashes around the house why is she hiding them around the house well i don't know where else i guess maybe why wouldn't you just she just hadn't taken the trash out outside? on those 16 i mean she obviously uh, hid some of them right. better because they didn't find 200 remains um anyways this is a super duper famous um case in denmark she was sentenced to the death penalty in 1921 Fuck yeah but king christian the 10th was like no no death penalty for women that's not chivalry so she got a life in prison that makes me so mad uh, thing but she died in prison like four years later um anyway it, it led to adoption reform and like all sorts of child care reform in denmark and to this day, like everybody speaks about her, says that is the most pure evil serial killer of all time. Like you can't imagine a more horrifically evil, twisted person. I mean, but I'd argue against that. Yeah, no, definitely something wrong with somebody who burns two hundred babies. Yeah, no, it's awful. But like, but here's the thing: she was on her two hundredth baby after four years of doing this, and nobody. It took that It took long. like a chance encounter from the police to catch her. That's like a baby a day. Yeah. No, a baby a week. A baby. It's a lot of babies. And nobody had ever checked up on, hey, where'd the babies go? 
who's getting the babies. None of the mothers ever came back to. And what they're realizing now is that in 1900 to 1920 Denmark, where you couldn't get abortions because of religion Mm -hmm. and, you know, people were having unwanted babies that she was essentially working as a fourth term abortion provider. Oh, and that on the DL probably people knew that she was getting rid of the babies, not really adopting them out to good homes. Right. But everybody kept that fiction up. And I don't think they knew that she was immediately strangling them and then burning the remains in her oven. Ugh. But basically, she was just the woman who was willing to take out the trash. Yeah. Oh, God, that's the worst way to say it. That's what it is. Oh, my God. So there's the story. Was that sad? I thought it was yeah, not sad. Yeah, super sad. She's mm. also part of that did creepy you think was not sad? I don't know. She's very creepy looking. Yeah, that was sad, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. absolutely. I just wanted to do a child murderer. You guys get to do child murderers. No, we do. Yeah. It's a, I mean, I've never heard that story. <laughs> Me either. It's a, I, I thought it was like a creepypasta, like somebody made that up because it was unbelievable, but it's like a super well-documented for sure thing that happened. God. Oof. Yep. I hate people. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, what what did we learn? What are we doing? We as people, what did we learn? What are we doing to ourselves? What? Mostly. Uh, I don't know. Let your freak balloon fly. <laughs> it doesn't make sense for anything. Not even mine. But sometimes your aspirations are a little deflated. Overflated. Ooh. Oh. Maybe. Ugh. Right? I don't know. Maybe the Romanovs, well, they shot a little too high. Your dreams are cut short. Sometimes you Uh think you're going to float up to heaven and instead you land in Cleveland or worse. Mm -hmm. Cleveland or worse is pretty (laughs) good. Is worse the Canadian side of Lake Erie? I was going to say the baby ashes, but yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably worse than balloons. That's worse than Canada. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably worse than balloons. Yeah. Baby death. That's upsetting. But maybe I shouldn't have gone last. Baby's black balloon makes her fun. Sorry. Damn. Damn. What? <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's really good. I mean, I'm a big Googs fan. That's right. a big Goog head. Goog head. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's a thing. I don't know. It is. It is now. Hey, remember like a couple episodes ago when we were all having a fucking blast and super fun time? Karina just shit on it. No, I'm just saying like sometimes the interesting stories end on a down note. I do. I I remember episodes of ours where I've been like, well, now I'm just fucking sad. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It's part of being weirded out. Yeah. It's the human emotions. Get the weird, sad side every once in a while. Yeah, it's the darker side of Sears. (laughs) Uh, that's a good subject. title. <laughs> the darker side of Sears. Hmm. Cool. All right. Follow us on all the outlets at Weird Brunch and listen to us. You're already listening to us, but tell you your know, friends to listen to us. Yeah, yeah, tell your friends to listen to us. Rate us, review us. We're on all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would really appreciate it. Love you. White Claw. <laughs> Claw. Claw.